Hello, Life Changes Church. We are in our series, Move Again. We are looking through the book of Exodus as the Israelites move out of slavery and oppression, move through the wilderness, and move into the promises of God. Head over to our social media or our website for more content, such as podcasts and blogs. But also grab a notebook and a pen as we look at all that God has for us during this time. We are in our series, Move Again, and it's going through the book of Exodus. And right now we have seen the uh, Israelites, they have been set free from slavery, they have been set free from Egypt, and right now they are moving through the wilderness, and then eventually they will move into the promised land that God has for them. But see, this, the wilderness, which we're going to take a look at today, is the point between slavery and the fulfillment of God's promises for His people. And so they have marveled at the might of God. They have seen the Red Sea parted. They have seen mighty uh, plagues and the hand of God move, but also they have seen provision. Just in Exodus 15, God turned the waters of Mara, the bitter waters, into sweet waters because they were thirsty and they didn't have anything to drink. And so we see throughout this that God is their provider and that He is taking them on a journey of becoming more like Him through the wilderness. So we are going to read from Exodus 16 this morning. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there, Exodus 16, 1 to 6. But in the wilderness, there is pain. We'll see this. But in the wilderness, we also see God's promises and God's provision. So it says this in Exodus 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin. An ominous name there, but it's all good. Which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you that you are our God, that you are our provider, Lord. Thank you that you are calling sons and daughters to rise up in faith. Thank you that you are calling us to move again, Lord. Move again from past slavery. Move again from apathy. Move again from where we have been stuck, Lord. But that you are God and you lead us through our wilderness, Lord. You lead us. You are God. You are provider. You are providential in your nature, Lord. And thank you that you are so good. Thank you that you are mighty. Thank you you are powerful. And thank you that you are setting sons and daughters free this morning, Lord. That you are calling us to a greater story. You are calling us to your promises your purpose, and your provision. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on. So the title of my preach this morning is Hunger Pains. Hunger Pains. They were hungry. They were thirsty in the desert. They were experiencing all the natural human things. But in Exodus 16, we are barely a month 
out of Egypt. The Israelites have barely been out of Egypt for a month. And so despite the miraculous interventions by God, time and time again, we see that they actually don't fully trust Him yet. They are still doubting at moments. They are still looking where their provision will come from. But actually, Exodus 16 carries the story further and shows that when they grumble against Moses and Aaron, they are actually rebelling against God because they are not trusting Him as their provider. They are defying the living God. But so how were the Israelites rebelling against God? Surely they were just hungry. Surely they were just thirsty. We need to remember, these were 2.5 million men, women, and children in the desert. They had needs. There were realities there. Food and water were two of the most important things for life in the wilderness. So just think about how important food is in your life. When I fast for three days, there's been moments during the fast where I say, Lord, if this is my lot in life, take me now, Jesus. It's realities. We get hungry. We get tired. We get thirsty. We need food and water to sustain our lives. Jokes aside, these were stark realities in the Israelites' lives. But God sees their realities. He sees their humanity. But He is greater than their realities and their humanity. See, secondly, there was a lack of food. They were thirsty and they were hungry. Two very natural human experiences. Right now, some of us are thinking about what we're going to have for lunch when we leave the church service. That is a reality. The hunger pains were real. But see, God isn't unaware of these realities that we face. He isn't unaware of the obstacles in the wilderness. But God is greater than that. To describe this in imagery more familiar to us, think about your food. Think, when you go to the fridge, the fridge is empty. You check in the freezer, freezer's empty. You go to the cupboards expecting something, cupboards empty. You, uh, when you go to bed, you do not have the resources for tomorrow. When you wake up, everything is empty. You go to your neighbor's house, cupboards empty. You go to the gas station, the marketplace, the super uh, grocery store. Everything is empty. There is not a Seattle coffee, a Nando's meal, or a Kellogg's box in sight. Everything is gone. You do not have the resources for life tomorrow. That is what the Israelites were facing. That is the realities that they were facing. See, there is this gap called the wilderness. The wilderness is the gap between their past slavery and the future promises of God. We all experience a wilderness season in our lives. There is the gap between what God has spoken in our lives, God's promises in our lives, and our past slavery. And sometimes we stand in the gap and we cry out, God, where are you? Where are you, God? But he is wanting to tell his people, take heart, for God leads us in the wilderness. He leads us with the pillar of fire. He leads us with the cloud of smoke by day. And he provides every step of the way. See, we need to know that in the wilderness, our response to the wilderness needs to be dictated by who God is. His character, his word, his faithfulness should shape our lives and shape our response in the wilderness. There is pain in the wilderness, but he is greater. So first point today, he is the promise in our pain. The more I look at the Exodus story, the more I realize I am just like the Israelites. Why were the Israelites grumbling? When they first crossed the Red Sea, they were singing 
and praising God. This wasn't too long ago. This was less than a month ago. They were singing and praising God. But now they are grumbling. They are complaining against Moses and Aaron. And actually they are complaining to God. Where are you, God? See, pain sometimes makes us forget the promises of God. See, because of the pain facing them, no food, no water, they looked back at the past, they looked back to Egypt, and they looked towards Egypt with rose-tinted glasses. They had forgotten God's promises. Do not forget God's promises during the pain. Do not look back, life changes. Do not look back to Egypt for your provision. Do not look back to Egypt for your comfort. Do not look back to Egypt for God's grace. See, there's this psychological phenomenon called uh, euphoric recall, and it's when in the state people recall a past experience with excessive fondness that can trigger a body's chemical process in the brain to uh, experience pleasure. So when we remember something, we are not remembering the negative aspects of that memory, but we only remember the positive aspects. They are looking back to Egypt and they are saying, but we had food to eat. We had a pot of stew. We had all the bread that we could ask for, but they are forgetting that they were in chains. See, the enemy wants to keep us contented. He wants to keep us full, but he wants to keep us enslaved to his will our vices, our passions outside of the promises of God. Do not look back to Egypt. See, we must not forsake the promises of God by looking at our own pain in the present. See, we forget the pain in the past, but the pain in the present is so real to us. We cannot look past the pain to look at the promises of God. We need to look past the pain and fix our eyes on our Father in heaven above. See, from the time of their complaining... To the time of God's provision, his promises had never changed. God had not changed in the wilderness. He was still the same God. He was still providing. He was still their provision. He had not changed. But we think when we experience this pain, when there is lack, when there is strife, when there are obstacles in our way, we look to God and we say, where are you, God? We need to look past our pain and the pain of our circumstances to look to the promises of heaven. See, we need to be a people who don't grumble, who aren't dictated by the circumstances of our day. When the petrol price goes up, then fear and anxiety reigns in our heart. When there's load shedding, then we cry out at the state of the country. When we grumble on Facebook about this person and that country and this business, no, that is not who we are. We are not a people that are dictated to by our circumstances or by our lack. In the world, we are dictated to by the promises of heaven. We need to be led by Him and Him alone. See, firstly, He is our promise in our pain, and secondly, He is our provider in our pain. God does the deepest work in our lives in the wilderness. He does the deepest work in your life in your wilderness, oh man. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. The hunger pains are still there. The fear is still there. But then suddenly, quail enters the camp. These are 2.5 million people. Quail enter the camp, 
it is thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Woolworths chickens raining down from heaven. This is provision like they've never seen before. This is greater than Uber Eats. This is the greatest provision they've ever seen. We need to know how great our God is in the midst of the wilderness. We can't just read these stories and go past the details. He's a mighty and powerful provider. He is our provider in the midst of the wilderness. See, they cannot believe what is happening before their eyes. And when they wake up that next morning and they see the frosted flakes of bread on the ground, they go, what is it, God? And that is what manna translates to. What is it? What is it that you're lacking today? What is it that you are hoping for? What is it that you need God to move in your life? What is it? What is that sin that you are trusting God to take away? No matter how hard you try, you cannot let it go. What is it? What is it? And know that God is your provider. See, the answer to all those questions, what is it? He is your provider, and He is your provider of all things. He has given us everything for life and godliness. He has given us everything in the wilderness. We need to depend on Him and Him alone. Do you trust Him with all things? Do I trust Him with all things? Do I trust Him with the minutiae and the humongous things in life? He is not just a provider of the physical, but He provides for all of my needs. Do you need peace this morning? then come to Him. Do you need strength to keep on saying yes to your marriage? Then come to Him. Do you need uh, conviction and perseverance to say no to that secret sin or to stop that ungodly relationship? Then come to Him this morning, for He is your provider, and He gives you all things. And when we trust in His ways, when we trust in His Word and His will, we will see signs and wonders in our life. He will bring manna in the barren land. See, will we believe that He is good, and will we believe that His Word is true? 16 verse 4, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. He wants our hearts this morning. Life changes. He wants our hearts. In this Move Again series, He's calling us to move in faith, but He wants our heart. When He moves, we will move. When He moves, we will obey His instructions, and we will have faith. Why? Because we are trusting in the living God. See, if He isn't your provider this morning, then someone else or something else is. And I can promise you that will not lead to life. That will not lead to the promised land. He needs to be our provider in every moment and for all things. See, notice that God's plan in the wilderness is to disciple His people, showing His providence by providing daily bread. He'll teach them day after day after day to trust in Him and Him alone. Day after day, raining down bread from heaven. See, because at this point... They are still in the wilderness, and they are going to be in the wilderness for 39 more years. 39 more years. Think about where you are today. Can you keep on going like you are for 39 more years by your own strength, by your own abilities? We cannot. We need to trust in our provider. We need to trust in our provider because he is the perfect provider, and he provides us with ways to also follow him. He doesn't just give us the provision. He provides us with ways to obey His instructions. The Lord gives us the instructions to the Israelites. He says this, On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Verse 17 goes on to say this, The Israelites 
did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little, and when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. They did not have too much. They did not have too little. We have everything that we need in God. We have everything that we need in God. He is promising us two things here in the wilderness. He is promising us provision, and He is promising us rest. Why does He tell the Israelites to gather twice as much on the sixth day? Because the seventh day is the Sabbath. It is a day of rest. In the wilderness, He wants to bring you provision, but He also wants to bring you rest for your souls. He is our provider. Where does true rest come from? Only from the hands of your provider. See, the thing I want us to see in this passage is the Lord takes a difficult situation. He takes the situation of the wilderness. He takes the attitude of the complaints of the grumbling of the people, and he uses it as an opportunity to teach his people who he is. Will we listen to the instruction and his leading? Because once again, the Israelites failed the test. They gathered too much, and they tried to gather more manna than they needed. And the manna turned to, uh, got infested with maggots, and it rotted before their eyes. Everything that is not of God will spoil, ruin, and fade away. And then they tried to gather manna on the Sabbath day, but the Lord did not provide manna. See, when we do not see the promises of God fulfilled by our own time, by our own will, then we go search for it in other ways, in other ways. We should not do that. We need to rest in the promises of God. Will we trust in His ways? Will we trust in His instructions? Because they are perfect. See, we think again, this is just the Israelites, but this is me. Every time I disobey God, every time that I go to the world and other things for my pleasure, for my comfort, to get me through a tough week when I am tired, when I am hungry, when I'm thirsting for something to give me satisfaction in the deepest parts of my soul, that is when I am not obeying Him and I am not trusting Him as provider. See, the Israelites go out of the desert again. God commands them to uh, break camp and go out, and they obey God, but as soon as they go out, they begin to grumble again to Moses and Aaron. We are thirsty. Why is there no water? God has just provided and done a miracle with water seven days ago, and they already forget. They forget. They are looking back again. How often do we do this? But again, God speaks to Moses and tells Moses to say this to the Israelites, I will stand there before you by the rock at Herib. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? And you read this and you think to yourself, this is bizarre. How can the Israelites be so stupid? How can they keep on forgetting the promises of God? How can they keep on forgetting the provision of God? How can they forget this when God has just rained down bread from heaven and sent quail into a camp? How can they forget this? Why are they grumbling about water? He can do all things. But again, this is my own heart. I can come on a Sunday in worship and I can experience the presence of God. But as I go through my week and the week becomes tough, 
and I become weary, then I start doubting God. I start not looking to Him for my provision. I don't look to Him for His presence. I don't worship Him. I don't praise Him. I don't draw from Him. I look to the Word, and I look to my own strength, and I try and control the situations. And when I don't get what I want, then I cry out to God, God, where have you been? Why aren't you changing this? Why have you forsaken me? And I seem to do this time and time and time again. God is wanting us to trust Him as the provider, Life Changes Church. God is wanting to trust Him in all His ways, for He is good, and He will not leave and forsake you. This needs to get into our heart this morning. And we, they cry out, is the Lord not amongst us? But He is still leading them. Where is He leading you this morning? Maybe He needs to lead you to repentance. Maybe you need to take a step and say, God, I will trust you. Where is He leading to you? He's teaching them that what you need is not just ultimately bread and water. What you need is Him. He provides the bread. He provides the water. And He is our provision as well. See, in the pain, He is our promise. In the pain, He is our provider. And in the pain, thirdly, He is our provision. There is a distinction between Him just being our provider, giving us the things for life, but Him being our provision, that He is the thing to sustain our life. There may be pain in the wilderness, but God's promises are true. There may be pain in the wilderness, but He is your provider, and there may be pain in the wilderness, but He will be your provision. See, for God's chosen people, the wilderness is a place of testing. It is a place of encounter with God, and it is a place of renewal. See, this narrative of Exodus points towards one who is the greatest provision of all. It points towards Jesus. The narrative of Exodus, all of Scripture, points towards Jesus. He is our provision. In Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, Moses tells God's people, He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Today, what is sustaining you? Is it your bread that you have gotten by yourself, or is it the living Word of God that will sustain you for eternity? See, we are not just physical beings, Life Changes Church. We are a faith community. We are spiritual beings, and we need to draw from our Father in heaven. He is your provider. He's your provider for all things. There is no lack in Him. I'm speaking to my own soul now that I need to draw from Him and Him alone. See, just as Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness, and it took 40 days to travel to Mount Sinai, and then the Israelites spent 40, days in the world, 40 years in the wilderness, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted so that he could relate to mankind. And he was tempted, and he was hungry, and he was thirsty, and he experienced everything that we would have in the wilderness, and he overcame the wilderness and redeemed the wilderness because he knew who his provider was. He knew who his provision was. It says this in Matthew 4, verse 2 to 4, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, I don't know how you do that, thank you, Lord, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. 
but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus is quoting Moses from Deuteronomy when he confronts Satan who is tempting him in the wilderness. When he is hungry and he is devastated by thirst, Jesus stands on the word of God as his provision. And he looks at the enemy and he laughs at the enemy and says, I have a greater provider. I have a greater provision and it will not prove false. It will not fail me. Jesus is illustrating to us the principle that the Lord provides in every moment. The Lord provides in every moment. I don't know where you find yourself today, but know that the Lord provides, and He is your provision. Jesus is our provision. He is the bread of life. In John 6, verse 26, it goes on. Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father has placed his seal of approval. God gives us the bread of life. And that bread is Jesus Christ. See, there are two pictures in this Exodus story, bread and water, and they are both found in Jesus. See, the bread that the Israelites ate was manna, which was a picture of uh, Jesus' body on the cross. And the water that they drank from the rock was a picture of Jesus. He is the rock of Horeb. He is the rock. When Moses struck the rock, Jesus was in their place. The rock was in the place. The rock took, took the judgment of the people and poured out living water. Just as Jesus was on the cross and he was beaten, he was smitten, and he took the judgment of the people and he poured out living water for eternity. Corinthians says this, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Christ stands in our place. Christ stands in the place of the accused and bears the judgment for his people. The rod is a symbol of judgment. In this case, the divine judgment from God for the sins of his people. By the rod, Jesus was smitten, and by his stripes, we are healed. In the same way, the smiting of the rock at Horeb, water flowed forth, and the Holy Spirit flows forth from Christ onto his church today, life changes, to equip you, to pour out, to sustain you, to provide for you. His Holy Spirit is here. And so in the Old Testament, we see this beautiful picture of God's grace in the wilderness. He is the bread of life. He is the river of living water, and He is our provider. He is our provision, and we lack nothing in Him. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was an incredible message. If you want to get connected, please head over to our website. But if you want to find out more about this amazing series, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Otherwise, have an incredible week.